Happy to have in studio here with us John Adams. He is the Chief Investment Officer with Calamos Wealth Investments or Calamos Wealth Management. Thanks for being with us, John. Good to see you. Good to see you. I want to ask you about the debt ceiling because, okay, we don't have a deal, but we do have a lot of confidence. Uh, We've saw Kevin McCarthy, you know, we saw Speaker of the House, and we've seen President Biden and other top Democrats express... I don't know. They're, they're, they're talking about how they feel like it's going to get done before that June 1st date, which would be good, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, we've seen some optimism in the last couple of weeks. It's a much different situation than it was a few weeks ago. We don't think it's a 2011 type of situation. It does seem like there's optimism around a deal. If you look at McCarthy, if you look at Biden, what they've been saying. So it could be as early as kind of early next week that we might get a deal. But I think a lot of that's really priced into the market. So I think the risk right now is potentially to the downside, given that a lot of that's really already priced in. Okay, so today's um, positivity, the, the green that we saw, what, what, what do you kind of, what do you tie that to? I think it's debt ceiling. You mentioned the Walmart news as well on earnings. The consumer's been more resilient than many had forecast. Economists have been predicting a recession for the last kind of 12 to 14 months. It hasn't occurred. And I think every day that goes by, a soft landing is looking more likely. Mm-hmm. If you look at the employment side of the economy, uh, it's still very strong. Unemployment's still very low. So as long as the consumer kind of hangs in there, they're still spending down a lot of that uh, stimulus money. There's still some of that left. Consumers are spending that down. At some point, that runs out, potentially toward the end of the year. But the consumer has been uh, very resilient in this cycle. Yeah, it is amazing. It's what two thirds of GDP the consumer spending right. is, and so we look at we look at you know spending as a as a big deal when people feel like they have money to spend. I, I suppose that's a nice jolt for the economy. It's interesting though because then you see a little bit of cautionary verbiage from the the Home Depots of the world and the Targets of the world saying, you know, we're not so sure our customers aren't slowing down. Now and we think that maybe some of this pandemic area era shopping spree stuff is slowing. I mean, sure. really, right? I think there are some sectors that are already feeling that pain that are already kind of in recession. I think housing is one of those areas. Home Depot, for example, people aren't upgrading, updating their houses to the extent they were a couple of years ago, buying washing machines, microwaves, those kinds of things. So that has softened, but other parts of the economy are still uh, pretty resilient. But a lot of that's been the function of interest rates going higher. Homes are getting more expensive. Borrowing costs have have increased. So some sectors are feeling the pain, but other sectors are are really proving quite resilient in this cycle. Does that mean that when you need a new refrigerator, you don't have to wait for like a year and a half? Oh, sure. We'll deliver (laughs) that in 2025. It's like, remember that? (laughs) That whole uh, supply chain thing? Is that kind of done for us now? Or what do you think? A lot of that's been alleviated, the supply chain pressures that we saw over the last couple of years. Uh, Supply chains uh, really have kind of diversified uh, kind of beyond where they were a couple of years ago when it was much more of a, a last-minute type of uh, supply environment. So there are still some examples uh, in, in in microchips, for example, where you still have some shortages. But I would say, by and large, you can kind of get what you want in a reasonable amount of time now. Good. That is so good to hear. I was getting so sick and tired of that. John Adams is here with us. He's Chief Investment Officer at Calamos Wealth Management. John, i got to ask you this, because this has been a curious thing for me. You know, I, we all like to look for opportunities in the stock market and, and try to, you know, manage risk and things like that. But 
one of the things that's so big right now is this chat GPT, which I don't fully understand. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to work with it a little bit on my own time and figure it out because I know it's the future and AI and that kind of thing. But it seems to me like all the companies that attach themselves to that in some kind of reporting are suddenly hot companies like, oh, they have chat GPT and they have AI. And I just wonder, you know, (laughs) I mean, what advice can you give us as we all kind of think, well, should we be in that? Is this like Bitcoin land or or what's going on here? So there is a lot of hype between ChatGPT and AI in general. Uh, It's been good for companies like Google, who have kind of their own competitor to ChatGPT. Those stocks have done exceptionally well uh, on a year-to-date basis. But I think the big difference from Bitcoin is there's something behind that. There's a lot of technology behind that. Uh, You can kind of point to there's an advantage from that technology, whereas Bitcoin's much more speculative. You're betting that someone's going to pay you more than what you bought for it. So there could be some froth. It's still pretty incipient as far as kind of what stage we're at. There's still a lot of unknown as far as what will come out of it. Uh, But you have seen a lot of optimism potentially priced in, and there are a lot of kind of different uh, scenarios that, that we could see play out. Also hot right now, the tech sectors are are heating up again that we saw so hot during the pandemic. Uh, The FANG stocks, as they became known, Netflix up 9% today. You know, you're looking at those and and they're they're pushing up there again. What's what's the momentum here behind that? I think it it is surprising because you've seen rates really uh, from an elevated place that those stocks have typically done well when rates have been exceptionally low. But Mm -hmm. that's been kind of the big surprise year to date and kind of the big four or five companies really driving year to date gains across U.S. equity indices. So I think you're seeing, again, that resilient consumer really come through. Subscriber base for Netflix was was much better uh, than expected. So you're still seeing kind of that demand for content, I would say. Uh, with respect you, you're to sure that isn't because people aren't sharing passwords as much anymore? That kind of doubles <laughs> yeah, your subscriber base. When that, my yeah. niece and nephew are no longer on my account, they get two new users. <laughs> right, you consider right. about that, John? <laughs> I, you know, there's a, there's a lot, so much to make sense of, and you're such a macro guy that it's great to have access to someone with insights like you. And I, I just, I want to pick your brain again about um, Fed movements and that kind of thing because we we just saw a hike, and then everyone's like, you know, okay, June, maybe maybe they won't hike, right. maybe it's over, or maybe they're going to skip a month. You know, like you know, these kinds of things really make a difference. And where where do you sure. sit with what's going on with that? Position? Sure, sure. Yeah, I would say the base case is that the Fed is going to pause for some period of time. But if you looked over the last couple of days. Now the market's pricing in a little bit higher probability of maybe one more rate hike in June. Could the Fed get away with one more 25 basis point increase? Perhaps. It might not matter that much long term. But we talked about unemployment rate being very low before inflation still uncomfortably high. Uh, and if the economy doesn't show signs of falling off, the Fed's going to have a bit more confidence. Maybe we can get one, maybe even two more rate hikes uh, in there before the end of the cycle. But the clear disconnect is still that the market expects the Fed to cut pretty aggressively toward the end of this year. The Fed's still saying we might hike one or two times more and then be on an extended period where we'd hold rates steady. The uh, Dallas Fed president said that there's evidence that shows current data does not justify pausing rate hikes. Mm-hmm. And so you think... Well, they, maybe they aren't done yet. Sure. I so said there's much more dissension now on the Fed going forward. It's been pretty clear, pretty obvious from a Fed perspective what to do up until now. I think you could see some dissents at future meetings. There are kind of two different schools in the Fed right now. One saying, we've done enough. Let's take a pause, wait and see how it impacts the economy, see if these regional banking issues kind of die down. 
and another part of the Fed that's saying, hey, our mandate is to get inflation down right now on the employment side of the economy is still very strong. So I think you'll see much more tension in the Fed going forward. You mentioned schools of thought there. Mm-hmm. It seems that macroeconomists are somewhat aligned when they when they say that we the next phase of the economy is going to be soft. Mm-hmm. We don't know how soft. We we're speculating about when. I liked what you said earlier, and it bears repeating. You're a little bit more positive about what's to come than I've heard from a lot of others. I would say maybe cautiously optimistic. We still could see a recession, maybe a mild, short-lived recession. But again, every day that goes by where we're not seeing that fall off makes a softer landing a bit more probable. I would say the risk is that the market's really priced in. A lot of that, we're up kind of 10% year-to-date with respect to equities, despite all these kind of recession fears. Um, So there could be some downside if we do see some economic weakness here. What do you like in terms of what's strong with our economy right now? What, What do you see? Sure. I would say the employment side is exceptionally strong. You're seeing more workers come back into the labor force. That's been kind of the big surprise from from an economic perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are, again, seeing areas like real estate, housing, kind of seeing uh, a bit more softness, but you're seeing other areas like, like tech that have exhibited pretty exceptional strength. So I think uh, active security selection is very important, sector allocation, individual security selection, very important right now in this environment. And weaknesses, banks, financial sector, would you say? Is that going to stick around for a while? Yeah, I'd say that that's definitely the, the most important question right now. We've seen some signs of those pressures alleviating here uh, over the last week or so, but I would say it's still very uncertain. And you've seen regional banks in particular really not recover. Uh, they, they have recovered a little bit, but still down very, very sharply on the year. So the big question is, is there another shoe to drop? The Fed has tools to kind of deal with that uh, if needed, but that's the big question on investors' minds. Over the last couple of weeks, though, the, those pressures have uh, subsided to some degree, though. We have about a minute or so left here. John, I just want to ask you about inflation. It's sure. something all of us notice. We've been paying a lot more. I, I just bought a salad today. It was $17. <laughs> it was a really small salad. Right. It didn't even fill me up. And I just, you know, we're seeing it. We're feeling it as consumers. And, and I wonder um, how you feel about where we are right now when you look at the data, when, when you kind of assess this moment in time. It has been painful uh, for lower income uh, uh, clients in particular, I would say, as far as the, the inflationary pressures that we've seen. But you are seeing it subside to some degree, but it's still uncomfortably high. Overall, we are on a downward trend. Uh, The big risk is that that gets embedded into investor psyches, consumer psyches, and they expect higher inflation going forward. But we have seen some downward pressures. But again, we're we're at 4 to 5% inflation. Could we get down to 2%? Probably not for at least another year. If you look at the Fed or market projections, we could see more like 3 or 4%, which would be much more comfortable for consumers overall. And then why are they spending so much? If the, if, if you're feeling the pinch right. and you, your money isn't going so far, why are people still spending like, you know, we these is, this is a different time? Sure, sure. I think it's, you know, services, it's, it's travel and leisure. We missed that COVID period. Now we want to spend the money that we didn't spend during that period. And I would say, secondly, it's that, that stimulus money. There is still some uh, stimulus money kind of left in the coffers for consumers that they're still spending down. Mm. Although at, at some point that, that gets exhausted. Okay. Finally, just what, what do you tell your kids about financial investing? Because I always love that to sure, hear from sure. people like you who know everything. Like, what do you tell your kids? So my, my, my kids are 11 and eight. And I would say it's really about, <laughs> it's really about starting, Piggy uh, banks. starting, starting early, <laughs> piggy banks, kind of having, and, and John Campbell will talk about this later, kind of having your, your three different buckets. Uh, but I think it's important to really uh, save your money early, understand, 
and have that discipline, start that at an early age so that you're saving for retirement when you're, you're coming out of college, you're not uh, in, in your 40s, 50s, realizing you hadn't saved any money. Yeah, that's a good advice. John Adams, thank you for that big picture perspective. And it was great just to get to talk with you. So thanks for the time today. Thanks, Anna.